0: Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Today, we will recap the week that was, including a look at the U.S. labor market, how the Q4 reporting season is progressing, and more. And, of course, we will recap or preview for you what you can expect in the week ahead. Uh, Joining us for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Mike, happy Friday. Uh, Welcome back and looking forward to our conversation.
1: Hey, Dan. Good morning. Thanks for having me back.
0: Absolutely. So, Mike, it was another eventful week in the markets and there's a lot to recap. We will get to all of it, but that includes the January employment report, which we received just a few moments ago here on Friday morning. Uh, Interesting report. So, I'm curious, how are you interpreting the data How did it measure up relative to CIO's expectations heading into the release?
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll touch on the actual data, but I'll caution up front that, you know, we try to never read too much into a single one of these data points or a single one of these reports and really focus on the underlying trends. But digging into this report, it was a surprise to be sure. Um, I think everybody was kind of looking and expecting a surprise. Nobody really knew what it was going to come out to because there were a lot of extenuating circumstances, which I'll get into in a moment. Um, it was overall a very very positive reading, um, much much stronger than expected. So we got uh, non farm payrolls up 467 thousand versus the street looking for 125 thousand. Uh, private payrolls up 444 thousand versus an expected 35 thousand. Uh, and revisions for the prior two months added seven hundred and nine additional thousands. So just very, very bullish on the labor market. Great report overall. Um, that said, I did mention those extenuating circumstances and they're going to they're going to exist here and they're going to exist, you know, over the next month as we as we look for future readings. So you know the first one is going to be Omicron. Omicron is messing with all of this data. Um, it actually just so happened that this survey was taken right at the national peak of Omicron. Um, so I actually expected a little bit more of a negative reading than this. So this, that was definitely a surprise. Uh, but I think what really is driving these numbers higher is the second, second circumstance, which is uh, that, um, sorry, this is actually the report in which they make their annual revisions. So that's why those revisions are so high. That's why those numbers are so high, is they're making all of the re- revisions for the prior year. Um, but to, to the labor market, um, you know, one of the other reports that we received was the ISM services report. And one of the respondents actually said 20 to 25% of their workforce was at sick. Um, so again, there's a ton of noise in this data. Don't read into one bullet point or one, you know, single point here. Um, focus on the underlying trend, which is positive, but this is just going to end up being an outlier and an aberration of the longer run. So that, that's the employment report, Dan.
0: Yeah. Well, Mike, a complicated set of circumstances, to say the least, though thank you for helping us to make sense of the data and why the data came in the way it did. So thank you for that, Mike. Now, outside of the jobs numbers, were there any other additional notable data points to note from this past week?
1: Yeah, so I mentioned uh, the ISM services, survey results. Uh, Of course, we also got the manufacturing survey results. Uh, So on the manufacturing side, the headline indicator dipped slightly to 57.6 from 58.8 in December. Uh, It was in line with expectations. And even though it's the lowest reading since November of 2020, it's still reasonably strong from a historical perspective. Really, anything above that 50 you know, that's what we think, you know, separates a contracting economy from an expanding one. So, you know, if you're over 50, you're still expanding. So 57, pretty reasonable. Um, now, digging into the details, though, there were a little bit of cracks below that that shiny surface. Um, so in that manufacturing report, several, several of those sub-indices are actually at their lowest levels uh, since the pandemic recovery really started. Uh, so production, new orders backlogged orders and supplier delivery times are all lower and prices paid moved higher. Uh, comments from respondents really highlighted the impact of labor shortages in constraining manufacturing output. Um, so, you know, a bit of a mixed picture there. Headline number's great, but, you know, there's some weakness below the surface. Now, over on the services side, uh, the headline number took a bigger dip as, as could be expected with Omicron, but uh, from a higher base, so it is still at 59.9, Uh, Still very high, very strong historically. Uh, Details were a little bit more positive, but somewhat mixed overall on this side with business activity seeing a a really sharp downtick, as as could be expected. And that fell to 59.9 from 68.3 in December. Uh, Prices paid had a smaller decline. Supplier delivery times increased a little bit. Uh, But employment fell to the lowest level since June. Again, Omicron most likely. Uh, and, I, and on this side, I already mentioned that one of those survey respondents said 20 to 25 percent of their workforce was out. So it gives a little bit more color. Omicron oh, had an impact here. Um, and, yeah, really just the combination of these labor shortages and the, the lingering supply chain issues is going to keep constraining some of the service sector businesses. Uh, and it will keep some upward pressure on prices over there. Uh, so those are the most important ones, I think, Dan. Elsewhere, we had uh, jolts. The Jolt's job openings report, that was a nice increase and in near record highs. Um, but really the major focus this week was is on that labor report that we got this morning and on those ISMs earlier in the week.
0: Well, thank you, Mike, for highlighting those data points. Very helpful breakdown in particular of the ISM data. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been closely tracking the Q4 corporate reporting season. That, of course, uh, moved full steam ahead with reporting this past week. Any notable highlights in terms of how the results have been coming in relative to expectations? And have you been picking up on anything in the way of guidance, what that's been pointing to?
1: Any, any noticeable results? Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah. Um, so everybody is <laughs> talking about the, the, the meta earnings. Um, yeah, after hours on Wednesday and then uh, the market reaction yesterday. Uh, so that, that's obviously what, what you're going for there, Dan. I'm not going to talk about single single securities, so, though. Yeah, that's definitely a big, big eye catcher, but I'll, I'll step back a little bit and talk a little more broadly. Um, so we've got about two-thirds of the S&P 500 market cap has reported so far. Three quarters are beating sales and earnings estimates, which is in line with recent results. Uh, Aggregate earnings beats are coming in just over 5%. So, still positive. Profit growth is stellar and tracking at 25% for those who've reported so far. Revenue growth is also very strong at 15%. And also, and and this is probably more important, is forward guidance has been stable. Uh, So, the median first quarter 2022 estimate of those firms that have reported so far, uh, that forward guidance has only dipped 0.2%. So really, really stable. Typically, you see a little bit more of a sell-off, you know, after management comments and after the report is out. Um, So definitely a a better outlook than we probably expected before the earnings season began. So that's really the quick and dirty. uh, Our equity strategy team should be publishing uh, a much more detailed note on the, the season probably next week so if you're curious for details i'd I'd point you in that direction
0: thank you for that mike and of course when the time comes our listeners clients will be able to locate that piece up on ubs.com forward slash cio but encouraging to hear the guidance picture so thank you for the update on q4 results mike all right so at this point maybe we can turn focus to the week ahead Uh, what will be taking place next week mike that you'll be keeping an eye on
1: Yep. So uh, lots more economic data coming in. Uh, the big ones I'll be watching for are the CPI readings. Uh, you know, consensus expectations are for another strong month. Um, the other big report that I'll be looking for is the University of Michigan survey results. Uh, and I'll be particularly looking at the one to five or sorry, the five to 10 year inflation expectations, those longer term inflation expectations. Uh, that is a major component of that. And a major input into the Fed's thinking is those inflation expectations, because once inflation expectations become unanchored, it can be very hard to re-anchor them uh, closer to that target. So that is definitely something that I will be paying attention to. Uh, Outside of the economic calendar, uh, it's all just speculation here. But I think the events that could have the potential to move markets uh, would be any type of news, one way or another, uh, around the standoff between Russia and, and NATO in the West. Um, the recent Russian troop deployments, they're estimated as high as 30,000 into Belarus, uh, and Belarus shares its southern border with, with Ukraine. Uh, and Belarus and Russia are expected to take part in joint military exercises over the next couple weeks. So if you thought tensions were high over the past few weeks, uh, just get Get ready. It's about to get hotter. Um, You know, and and to be clear, you know, CIO's base case here is that both sides will do what is necessary to avoid open armed conflict. Uh, The costs of war are just too high high for either side to endure. Um, So that really remains a risk case. Uh, But again, it's going to be a volatile situation and it's something, you know, that we're going to be watching closely.
0: Well, hopefully tensions de-escalate, but we will keep our eye on the geopolitical tensions in Eastern Europe. And of course, you mentioned that key inflation data as well. Uh, Mike, thank you very much for dropping by Top of the Morning today, recapping the week that was, giving us some indication as to what to look out for in the week ahead. Wish you a nice weekend, and we will look forward to catching back up again with you soon.
1: You have a nice weekend, too, Dan. Great talking.
0: Thank you, Mike. And again, today we've been joined by Mike Gord, Investment Associate Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and their listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located up on UBS.com forward slash CIO. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.